Welcome to the Wednesday, December 22nd edition of the Daily Wager podcast. We have got you covered with a variety of action for tonight and beyond. So settle in and we're going to get you all buttoned up in 10 minutes with everything you need to know heading into the betting day. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Good day, boys and girls, and welcome to the Daily Wager podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Alongside Tyler Foljam, I'm Joe Fortenball. Buddy, it feels like a while since you and I have been on the pod together. The new schedule seems to move us away from one another. Good to be with you. Yeah, I was uh, hoping I'd get uh, more of that for the holiday season, but alas, here I am. Must have been on Santa's (laughs) naughty list since I got to do the pod with you. An extra 20 minutes early you got me up today, Fortenball. I did, and I appreciate you acquiescing to my schedule. Thank you very much. Uh, Let's start with some college bowl action. Only one game today. Army is laying six and a half against your Missouri Tigers in the Armed Forces Bowl. Game is at 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. Uh, Any thoughts on this game? Are you making a play? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on the Army side. It's now getting to kind of the upper limit of where the uh, value is for Army. You go back when uh, the lines were first released. I think Army was only like a three and a half, four point favorite. And yep. over the course of those two or three weeks, it's been steamed up to almost seven now. So as our friend Anita Mark would say, run, don't walk. If you like Army uh, before it gets to seven in that key number uh, in football. Um, but I do, I do still think there's some value, anything under a touchdown. Bottom line is this, and I know you're going to say the same thing. Um, the Army football team obviously can run the football. They're a disciplined bunch. That's just the culture that they have in that service academy. The Missouri Tigers, uh, you, you can't quite say the same about their ability to stop the run. They literally were one of the worst run defenses in all of college football last season. I encourage you uh, before the kickoff tonight to go watch them try and defend Tennessee running the football uh, when Tennessee scored 62 points and I think ran up about 400 yards of offense on the ground. And I'm not exaggerating there. Um, Tyler Beatty, their best offensive weapon um, is not even being allowed to play in this game by his head coach, Eli Drinkwitz. He's not really kind of like, um, you know, I'm going to pass on this for, for, draft purposes his, his coach is like listen you're you're going to the nfl and you're not going to do anything for us here we need to look at our younger guys so i just don't think missouri is going to have a uh, a tough an easy time pardon me uh stopping that run and i'm not sure their offense is going to be able to respond without its best weapon and then I'll, I'll end with this joe i just saw this tweet from mark saxon on twitter saying service academies are hitting at a 72.4 percent against the spread in bowl games over the last 30 years so that is a significant sample size where the service academies are 72% against the number. And my guess is because of that discipline and because of the unique schemes and styles that they run that are still even hard to prepare for when you have extra time. Absolutely. It's the big handicap with bowl games is motivation. Who wants to play and who doesn't? Yeah. The service academies are going to show up ready to play. They're not going to always win. They might not have better talent but they're going to show up. Does Missouri want to show up here? It's a pre-Christmas bowl. Who knows? It wasn't a great season. So I'm with you. I'll play Army small at minus six and a half here, as long as it's pre-seven, right? As long as it doesn't get the seven, I'd be on Army. I played them a lot earlier, but that's no good to anyone on the podcast now. I'd also (laughs) throw this out there. 
I don't do a lot of college uh, six-point teasers, but if you would want to take this and tease it from six and a half down to a half and just need to win the game with Army, you could pair it up with a team like Green Bay, who's a seven-point favorite over Cleveland on Saturday, and you would just need to win that game by one with the Packers over the Browns. Browns played Monday and have to turn around and play Saturday, and it's on the road at Lambeau against a red-hot Packers team. I think that could be a teaser that sets you up well. So that's college bowl season right there. And to your point on Army, number two in the country in rushing against the Missouri defense, that's 125th defending the run. There are only 130 teams in this level of college football. So 125th in any department, (laughs) not very good. Uh, National Basketball Association, the Wednesday card, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so hard to – wager with any conviction on side and totals in sports right now, not just the NBA, but I mean, you look at uh, yesterday in the NFL, having two games moved to Tuesday, who's going to be available. The Rams didn't get to practice all week. You know, they're finding out guys are going to be available you know, mere hours before kickoff you know, in the NBA. We have entire games that are being postponed because there's just not enough players to put on the court. So I think just the best way to attack wagering right now is, our buddy Doug Kazarian's uh, philosophy, sometimes just get in live and see what you see and react to that in the moment and wager. I think in the NBA, you know, if you know who's going to be available and who's not, then the player prop market is obviously attractive. I know one player who will be playing today that I have confidence can absolutely dominate in his matchup is reigning league MVP Nikola Jokic against an Oklahoma City team that's not very good. Now, his points, assists, and rebound uh, prop is absolutely astronomical. It's 50 and a half, but when Jokic can honestly do that in like 30 minutes of work against a team like OKC. So if you think OKC at home can keep this game close enough where Jokic plays his normal 34 to 36 minutes, 50 and a half, I think is a number they can easily surpass. And I will tell you it's juiced to minus 125. So the books are expecting a lot of uh, action on the over or the over to be the more likely or probable outcome. So that's just one that stands out to me. A player we know is going to show up and dominate against any opposition. We have a matchup against inferior opposition. He's still missing all of his complimentary pieces. Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, a bunch of guys out of that rotation. So he soaks up even more usage, more rebounding rate, more assist rate, more scoring um, burden. So uh, Jokic is the one player prop that I will uh, point out today that even at a high number, you either bet the over there or you pass. And the reason you'd pass is thinking that he doesn't have enough time on the court because they're blowing Oklahoma City out. But I think with everything going on in the NBA, most games are going to be relatively close and he'll get his normal allotment of minutes. That's why I'm going to go over 50 and a half points, assist and rebounds for the league's MVP. All right. My association card tonight, just one game. All right. Very ugly. But it's the Orlando Magic catching seven and a half against the Atlanta Hawks. No Trey Young, no Clint Capella, no Gallinari for the Hawks tonight, which is big because this team is second in the business in offensive rating, fourth in scoring. So we're going to take a big chunk of their offensive production and remove it from the equation. Now, go back seven days ago when these two teams just met one another. Atlanta was a nine-point favorite. They won the game by 12. But in that game, Orlando was awful from a shooting perspective, 38% from the floor, 38% from the floor, 28% from deep. I think there's positive regression there, and that's going to help their offense. In addition, back to the original point, Young, Capella, and Gallinari in that game shot 17 of 35. They were damn near 50% from the floor, 45 points and 11 assists. So seven days later, you're giving me seven and a half points. You're removing a big chunk of production from the Atlanta side of the equation. And we're projecting some positive regression from the shooting perspective of the Orlando Magic. I think we can get inside the number there. So my only play tonight as of now, to your point, obviously with COVID and everything else that's going on, 
Um, we got to wait a little bit closer to game time to figure out who's going to play and who isn't. Yeah. But it's going to be Orlando plus seven and a half. Since you and I aren't on the pod tomorrow, any thoughts on Thursday night football? Niners laying three and a half at Tennessee, total of 44. Yeah, I think the Niners are just uh, able to overwhelm a Tennessee team that, again, ever since they lost Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones, like they're running out a, uh, you know, mash unit, a, you know, a, a practice squad unit of offensive weapons around Ryan Tannehill. And you see Tannehill now, you know, struggling to overcome that. This team is, you know, I don't, I think they've had five or six games in a row where they failed to score more than two touchdowns. They're not scoring more than, you know, 17, 20 points at the most if they get lucky. So I like the Niners. I don't like the Niners when they're in the um, favorite spot. That's just not a spot that uh, Kyle Shanahan has excelled. And the fact that this is over a field goal at three and a half, you know, makes me pause even more. But San Francisco, even on the road in Tennessee, should overwhelm the Titans. The Titans can play some defense. I'll grant you that. But as long as, uh, you know, Nick Bosa and Fred uh, Warner show up, I have a hard time thinking the Titans score points. So the way I'm attacking this is and a level of attractiveness, as you said. My most attractive favorite bet is the Titans team total under 20 and a half. I don't think they've, again, eclipsed that mark in any of the uh, games since Derrick Henry has been out, maybe one, but it's been a struggle. Even the games they're winning, like that game against Jacksonville, was a 20 to nothing shutout. They, they, they average, I think, less than four yards per play. We saw what happened against Pittsburgh last week when they had all kinds of opportunities with their offense and just couldn't put the ball in the end zone. Their offense stinks right now. There's, there's a legitimate excuse for it, but the, the reality is their offense stinks. I'm going to keep leveraging that uh, on my uh, betting card. Uh, so the total... Um, the team total for Tennessee under 20 and a half, I would lean under for the game 44. My concern is that Debo Samuel, George Kittle, um, and Jimmy Garoppolo who's playing well, go off and they score 30, 34 points on the San Francisco side and wreck that under. So I'm much more confident isolating the Titans team total under 20 and a half. And then I would say as much as I hate to do it because Shanahan has not excelled necessarily in this role. I still think three and a half is a little bit of value on San Francisco. Uh, I would lay it with the 49ers. I would do it uncomfortably, but if they play their B game, they should win this by a touchdown, even on the road against Tennessee, just by, by virtue of what they have available, who's healthy uh, on their side and who is not for the Tennessee Titans. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at Thursday night football. Joe, how do you think? A lot of agreement. Uh, I'm going to play under 44 and a half points for the game. I'm going to play the Titan team total under, and I'm going to play the Titans to have more punts in the game, which is minus one Oh nine. More punts in the game, minus 109. I'm just going to give you the breakdown and stats that you were alluding to. There have been 11 games this season Tennessee has played with Henry and A.J. Brown or A.J. Brown, right? Then there are only three games, which are the last three games, in which both guys have been out, all right? Here are the splits. With Henry and or Brown, 26 points per game. Without the two of them, 15 points per game. Yardage goes from 354 to 312. Turnovers per game go from 1.5 to 2.6. They're averaging almost three turnovers per game without those two in the lineup. The offense is anemic. If you look at last week against Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh gave them every chance to win that game, and Tennessee gave it away. Turnover, punt, turnover, punt, turnover, punt, you name it. I don't see much happening against the Niners defense that is giving up just 18 points per game over the last six outings, so I agree. Game under, Titan team total under. Titans are the team with more points and that, or excuse me, more punts, punts. And that is it for today. <laughs> 10 minutes of the bet you needed as promised. Please do us a favor. If you get the chance, subscribe, rate, and review. It helps us out in a big way. We really appreciate it. Uh, for Tyler, I'm Joe. Thanks for listening. Have a great night, everybody. Mm -hmm.